Well, once again, uh, this is Ask Your Web Doctor on KMUD 91.1 FM. My name's Andrew Murray. My name's Sarah Johannesson Murray. For those of you who perhaps have never listened to the shows, they run every third Friday of the month from 7 to 8 p.m. We're both licensed medical herbalists who trained in England, graduating there with a degree in herbal medicine, and we run a clinic in Garberville where we consult with clients about a wide range of conditions and recommend herbs, dietary supplements, and nutritional counselling. So uh, welcome again to the show for those people who uh, regularly tune in. Uh, and then for those of you who maybe have just tuned in for the first time, uh, welcome. We do take callers uh, on the show from 7.30 to 8 o'clock. And uh, as always, uh, it has been the format for many years now. <laughs> I can't believe how quickly time has gone by. Uh, Dr. Raymond Pete will be joining us to share his wisdom. Um, this month, the subject is going to be a little bit political. I can't say it's not because the subject that we'll be covering will definitely involve politics. And um, whilst I'm not advocating any one side for the sake of being neutral, there are certain fundamental tenets of uh, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, that this great nation was founded on in 1777 uh, with the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, Declaration of Independence, etc. That's what our whole country is built on. So there will be a little political, and um, we invite callers to call in with any questions related or unrelated to some of the, top, uh, some of the topics uh, of the political and physiological side of uh, the uh, the uh, yeah, the topic. Okay, so if people want to call in, the uh, toll-free number is one eight hundred KMUD RAD. That's one eight hundred five six eight three seven two three. So we're going to cover. I think the the broad topic is going to be on authoritarianism, <clears throat> and just to couch those terms, couch those terms that uh, uh, authoritarianism would cover. Um, Freedom of right, the freedom of expression and freedom of religion and freedom of assembly, etc. Those freedoms are not dominated uh, by authoritarianism. And so uh, we're going to bring out both uh, kind of physiological perspective as well as mental and uh, political perspectives. Um, once again, we're very pleased to have Dr. Raymond Pete with us. And so, Dr. Pete, are you there? Yes. Hi. Okay, so thanks so much for joining us on the show. Um, as always, there are people perhaps who have just tuned in now or may listen to this on an audio archive later on uh, on the web, would you just give an outline of your uh, background, your scientific background and your uh, research? Um, yeah, the uh, relative part of, of my uh, science background is that um, I descended against uh, some of the fundamental ideas in uh, all of the sciences, really, uh, especially in biology. I uh, had a, a master's degree in humanities from the University of Oregon for several years before I uh, went to study biology, uh, 1968 to 72, for a Ph.D. Uh, but I found that uh, when I uh, followed the uh, college instructor's uh, directions to uh, give the students uh, different perspectives on scientific issues uh, in, in a course uh, called Physics for Biology Majors. Uh, the uh, trustees uh, really didn't want their students to hear the, the uh, 
other side of some of the things that were issues then in the, the 1950s, such as the dangers of fallout from radiation or medical radiation. Uh, so um, my, my whole uh, activity over the years has been uh, looking at uh, descending ideas in all of the sciences. Okay. Um, so uh, with reference to... Um, political ideologies. Uh, I know you've mentioned many times uh, from both your run-ins uh, or challenges uh, with various authoritarian uh, figures uh, within the um, studying community uh, in order to gain uh, your PhD, uh, in order to pass uh, the exams, not, the, not to pass the exams for want of not being intelligent enough to write a good enough thesis, but in order to get along, it's just, it's just like another kind of club where I've known from my own background that there are those people who perhaps come up with dissenting, for want of a better word, ideas that are challenged, uh, not mainstream, uh, are usually vehemently opposed, and fundamentally threaten uh, those kind of structures that are in place uh, in the ruling ideology of a university uh, for, for this instance of uh, explanation. So in terms of authoritarian figures in, in, in the academic background, even not just talking about politics and geopolitics, um, you've been very familiar with those things that have happened that would either be blocking uh, what you would find as new research or old research which was there just needed to be uncovered and um, how do you think that uh, manifests itself in academia um in 1965 i saw a really interesting study by a, a professor at the oregon state university which i never attended but uh, in this study she looked at the uh, academic success of graduate students uh, in uh, all the departments, I think, at Oregon State, which it used to be an agricultural college, so it uh, tends to be a, a more agriculture-oriented uh, uh, rather than uh, humanities as the, the university in Eugene. But uh, she uh, ranked the uh, uh, scores on um, Mendel tests, I think it was the, graduate, or the uh, Miller Analogies test, uh, and she looked at the uh, way the, uh, the brain uh, functions, uh, the, uh, the Miller analogies uh, measures mental flexibility as well as uh, vocabulary and other uh, aptitudes, but it, it's heavy on flexibility. They change the, uh, the rules uh, partway every 10 questions or so. They use different kinds of analogy. And uh, she found that uh, from the lowest academic achievers in graduate school, uh, the, the lowest scores on that test corresponded nicely. And up to the uh, middle range of the uh, Miller analogies test, uh, that uh, increased uh, in rank with the academic success up to the straight A four-point students. But then... As the uh, students' uh, mental scores on the, the analogies test increased, their grades decreased. And again, the very highest on, on the uh, uh, 
mental abilities uh, were lower, uh, very unsuccessful graduate students. Uh, that obviously is a matter of authoritarian uh, fitting in, uh, being other-directed rather than uh, uh, being powered by uh, curiosity and desire for knowledge, which really didn't fit in and made them fail. <laughs> okay. So I, I think probably just to um, get into some of the some of the politics and let's uh, let's just go for the jugular and uh, go for some of the, <laughs> go for some of the politics uh in science uh in academia and then the politics within the uh framework uh, which those establishments f- uh, are, are raised or fostered um i think in the past uh certainly up until or probably the end of the Second World War, and I know I've brought this out with you several times, about the um, German repatriation that was demanded after the fall of the Third Reich and how the corporate um, assets uh, within Germany were seized as well as uh, some of the mind uh, capability, the the intellectual capability of the either the physicists or the chemists, uh, pharmacologists, etc., that were working for these big institutions was seized and brought to America. Um, how the background of the New World Order uh, was founded uh, and Nuremberg trials and how that whole thing basically um, virtually acquitted a lot of these people, given that they would then work. Uh, for the United States in their newly seized businesses with newly seized information, um, and how this new world order uh, concept is very much being exposed today uh, on the internet, and we're even beginning to see the emergence of news channels like Fox actually openly debating um, now concepts that Donald Trump's been bringing out in his various rallies um he's definitely not bought out and he's definitely not a politician uh i hear a lot of the ideologies that he has uh would seem to harken back to a minimal government the way the constitution was written more decision making by the state less uh government involvement uh, make better deals, etc., etc. The kind of rhetoric I know I've heard from him, and then we have the counterpart to that uh, in the campaign, uh, Hillary Clinton, who definitely has, if you want to go look for it, been implicated with many different, uh, in parentheses, crimes for which uh, they're calling for her indictment, whether it's Benghazi or whether it's the email server that got hacked, or whether it's the funding that she's gotten from dictators and other countries, and maybe not dictatorial countries, but definitely um, nations that are certainly opposed to America's ideology. Um, where, this, where this brings our country, and in terms of uh, the mindset in academia, uh, the mindset in succeeding in academia because the dogma that's established and is not challenged that's set up by pharmaceutical companies that have a lot of money a lot of uh, uh, government lobbying power and, and how this whole thing really is opposed to 
free will and um, freedom of uh, expression and a constitutionally sound republic that the republic was built on and and free trade as, as opposed to free trade yeah i mean there's there's both the tpp and other um, <laughs> policies that have been brought up and documentation that's been brought up and uh, certainly not an american uh, owned or controlled um framework too so i think the whole the whole concept of other powers being in control um all kind of rolls into the uh, geopolitical space that we're in at the moment with this uh, um, gosh this kind of out of out of left left field comes donald trump with his uh, his rhetoric and the the old kind of fabric of control and uh, you know two party monopoly uh, this both Republican and Democrats are both seem to be very much on the same kind of side of the fence, and they're all definitely much against Donald Trump for whatever it is it is that he's standing for. And I know I've seen him being accused of being uh, fascist. Is definitely one of the words, and that's why I wanted to bring out uh, the politics side of um, this hour uh, talk with you, Doctor Pete, because I know you come from a background in academia of being uh, very much aware of the dominant authoritarian background who doesn't want to accept your new uh, uncovering of old research that proves otherwise uh, as well as as well as new research as well as new research that's coming out at that time so uh, in in terms of that uh, kind of uh, struggle between academia getting along in society being free enough to have the expression uh, to do that and new ideas and novel concepts come into market because of a free market uh, and basically you know the whole point is that we're not able or not we shouldn't be allowed and we're not allowed to offend by killing or uh, defaming someone to verbal uh, kind of uh, abuse and physical abuse but that free markets let good ideas come to pass because they give the people the choice to either support it or not. Well, it's like the fascist um, hospitals, too. I mean, I was threatened to be thrown out on the streets when I needed care in the hospital because I wouldn't go along with one of their procedures. I mean, that's fascism. Um, Yeah, the the ruling class really has defined the words, though, and... uh, uh, where uh, Mussolini uh, clearly defined what he called fascism as the uh, uh, blending of state power with corporate power, <laughs> that's exactly what this was going is, on here, right? Is now being called free trade, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, uh, the trade deals, which are uh, essentially allowing the biggest corporations to impose uh, their political standards on the rest of the world uh, in an empire. So uh, free trade uh, is uh, really uh, subjecting political uh, rules in other countries uh, to the uh, uh, international corporations' uh, benefit. Uh, The environment uh, in in Mexico, for example, uh, has been deteriorating for uh, several decades with the uh, Aquiladora industry along the border, but then the uh, NAFTA uh, mm-hmm. started uh, because uh, corn 
can be grown industrially on a huge scale right. in the United States. Uh, the uh, subsidized uh, corn has to be uh, freely admitted into Mexico where people uh, using subsistence uh, methods uh, depended for their livelihood on growing their own corn and animals. Uh, and so this subsidized cheap corn uh, displaced farmers and uh, created the influx of immigrants who uh, are wanted uh, for cheap labor in the farms and uh, probably eventually, if, if there are any factories left, they would be uh, doing Macalodora-type work in the U.S., Okay, let me just give a number out for people that may have just tuned. You're listening to Ask Your Ab, Dr. K. Midi Galbaville, 91.1 FM. Uh, from 7.30 till the end of the show, you're invited to call in with any questions related or unrelated to this uh, month's kind of mixed topic of uh, politics, authoritarianism, free speech, uh, constitutional rights, alternatives. And uh, obviously we're coming from an alternative medicine background. Dr. Pete, our guest, uh, PhD, endocrinologist, who's been studying and researching uh, many different aspects of uh, longevity uh, as well as um, hormones etc that we've normally uh, talk about uh, he's very uh, graciously joined us i know you weren't feeling too well earlier dr so i was a little wondered whether or not we'd be doing this but uh, uh, appreciate your time coming here um you mentioned mussolini that's quite interesting actually because when i looked earlier and i hadn't even spoken to you all day here um i looked at the what I wanted to I think I probably initially what I wanted to do was break down the different political ideologies uh, and see the um, statements that these political ideologies flew their banner over in order to get a concept of each political mindset and then um, I think that would probably probably be a, a good place to go uh, we have another we have a caller in now who's just decided to call but let's we can take this caller and then let's move on to the kind of individual political topic uh banners that each party flies under and let's uh, explore the authoritarian uh stance uh amongst that okay caller you're on the air where are you from and, and what's your question hi uh i'd rather not say where i'm from but anyway <laughs> I'm, I'm in the area okay um uh, let's see. Uh, two things. One, I, uh, one thing that's been bothering me is we really don't have a good vocabulary that um, a word. I mean, we like to use the word fascism for lack of a better word, but it might not be precisely accurate. You know, we need a word that that describes this is something people can think about mm -hmm. that that combines the capitalism with the police state covert operation situation that we have with our media and the government and everything. So. So it's, I think would really help talking about it is if we had uh, some words, we need to create them somehow, combining, you know, what we, the language we have. Because um, when, you, when you say the corporate media is somebody who doesn't know the field really well, they have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and so it's really needed as a word that, you know, is sort of self-explanatory. Right. And the well, other thing we, I want to talk okay, about briefly, yeah. uh, 
and and I hate to change the subject to health, but um, <laughs> this, this is usually a health show. It sure I is. Was it sure um, is. Yeah, but see, the what? government is affecting our health. That's why we have to yeah, talk oh, about definitely. it. Oh, tell me about it. It's just ridiculous. I Even mean, if it's just on a stress level. my house recently to tell me that that I don't have legal electricity in my mobile. That, that just <laughs> happened like in the last month. She, uh-huh. This drunk shows up telling me that the police are telling her to tell me that I don't have legal electricity. So, yeah, that, that's what the politics are like in, in the little town I'm living in. But anyway... <laughs> what was your um, second question? Back to hell. Yeah. Um, I was just wondering, and, and if it's not really relevant, you don't want to talk about it, I'll call back some other time. But um, I was wondering about how do you, like, sort of re-inoculate your stomach? Like, it seems like mm-hmm. I've... I've had problems maybe from sulfites uh, that, that killed off, like maybe some of the enzymes that helped me digest vegetables and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, okay. and I'm wondering if you guys have any suggestions how I can, how I can sort of reestablish those, those living organisms that I think made digestion easier sure. when I was younger. Okay. Um, I was thinking maybe like the fruit, because I know dairy products, it seems like if I eat a lot of cheese and I eat a lot of yogurt, then I can drink milk, whereas if I haven't eaten cheese and yogurt in a while, I have a lot of problems digesting milk. And so I was thinking that might be the same situation with, with vegetables. And, and you might have some ideas. Maybe would, would fermented vegetables help or something? Or do you have any ideas on that? And if, sure. If you yes. don't want to talk about it tonight, then I'll call you back some other time. No problem. No, that's fine. We, we announced a, a questions related or unrelated to tonight's topic. So feel right. welcome well, to call in about health questions because that's really the most interesting to us anyways. Thanks okay, so uh, I'll, get off the line. no problem. I'll I'll give the uh, recolonization answer to you, Doctor P, and then I'll cover the fascism because that's actually could be the beginning of the uh, explanation of the different party mindsets, and we can explore the authoritarian, um, uh, yeah, system oh, over okay. that. Um, I, I think he mentioned sulfite as a problem. Yeah, um, he he um, thought that he might have the sulfites might have killed off some good bacteria, and I do know from um, being friends with a winemaker, that sulfites are a preservative and they are antimicrobial and they are like a bleaching product. Yeah, and I think they, they might also uh, help to initiate uh, allergies that would uh, maybe uh, be, be interactive with the uh, uh, microbes uh, that are also being damaged by the sulfites. Um, the the uh, sulfites are reductants and uh, the uh, stress state is an uh, exaggeratedly reduced state. And the things that uh, promote good oxidative metabolism uh, can help the intestine greatly, uh, keeping your thyroid in good condition. And sulfites are anti-thyroid too, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, <coughs> the uh, slightly antiseptic foods, uh, such as cooked mushrooms, uh, bamboo shoots, raw carrots, and uh, saturated fats, uh, these help to uh, keep down uh, the potentially toxic bacteria. Yeah, and saturated fats are like coconut oil is antimicrobial. Yeah, and uh, just keeping the uh, digestive system stimulated and very active so that you tend to digest the germs rather than being digested by them. Yeah, so... Keeping your bowel movements frequent. And also, um, just another thing, the one probiotic that I found quite useful for me personally was um, Dr. Ron's uh, ultra-pure probiotic, and that was one I didn't have adverse reactions to, and I have had adverse reactions to a lot of the probiotics sold over-the-counter. So that one is over-the-counter, too. You can find it online, Dr. Ron's. 
probiotics. And yeah, the, the man mentioned that he was feeling better digesting milk when he had been eating cheese and yogurt. And you do get a lot of natural uh, probiotics from eating cultured dairy. Okay, so uh, we have another caller. So let's take this other caller before we move on to the uh, politics. Caller, you're on the air. Where are you from? I'm a local, Garberville. Okay. And uh, I have the word that the gentleman previously was searching for. Which, the fascism? Uh, no, <laughs> no, it's a Not term fascism. that is used by the United States State Department, and it's called Americanism. Americanism. American Americanization. We were trying to Americanize Vietnam. We were going to Americanize other countries in South America. We were going to Americanize the Middle East. Americanization. That's what we do. Uh-huh. We know what we're doing when we're doing it. It's an empire thing. Well, and we do it. Um, thank you. <laughs> I wonder if he was old enough to remember when uh, we had the uh, Un-American Activities Commission uh, Committee uh, practically I, I, running the I country. I was born in 1957, and I believe that's around the time that was very active. Um, yeah, in 1960, the, the 60s sort of began when students had a protest in Washington against HUAC, House Un-American Activities Com- Committee, and uh, they were really the most un-American uh, part yeah. of society, uh, trying to suppress uh, all free thought. Absolutely. And, uh, well, we're all kind of like singing the song to, to the choir here, in a way. I know. But- you know, it's locally, our Northern California people are a little bit ahead of the curve mm-hmm. of understanding these issues than the rest of the country. And thank you for the show, because I know a lot of people from all over the country are listening. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for your call. Now, the West Coast is definitely, I'm very uh, very pleased, very proud to be an American. I'm on the West Coast. I'm in California, and where it all started uh, and I'm sure there's going to be many more good things to come out of it as long as we don't let political correctness take us over because I think that's becoming a really bad problem. Um, that can also be talked about. We're on the air now. Uh, ask your doctor, KMUD Governor 91.1 FM from now until the end of the show at 8 o'clock. Uh, you can call in if you're on the web. Uh, you want a toll-free number. 800-568-3723 or for those of our listeners in the area, toll-free, the 707 number is 923 923- Two five one three. Okay, so or three nine one one nine two three three nine one one. Beg your pardon. Okay, three nine one one. There you go. I, I have another little comment. Go on ahead the, on the question of of language and and what you call it. Uh, I did my thesis on William Blake, and um, in the late seventeen uh, hundreds, uh, he was well. Uh, his, he was tried for sedition in eighteen o four, but he was. Uh, writing uh, things that were potentially disturbing uh, to the ruling class all through the the late uh, uh, 1700s. And uh, what he was doing was showing uh, the way language was used uh, to deceive the people. Uh, And he would reverse, uh, use uh, uh, heaven and hell uh, in opposite senses, and uh, the, uh, uh, to, to show how radically uh, the establishment was um, 
misusing language to impose its its own ideas on the people. And uh, the the current uh, uh, public relations uh, psychology uh, people working for political control, uh, it, it has developed all during the 20th century, but they're doing exactly the opposite. They're doing studies to find which words are most manipulative, uh, which uh, mislead the people uh, most effectively. And uh, the categories of, of uh, right-wing, left-wing, conservative, uh, and so on, uh, are being manipulated deliberately. Okay, good. We, we do have another caller, so let's get this caller taken. Uh, we'll see where we go with this next question. Caller, where are you from? Yes, hello. Hi. I hear a lot about political correctness, and I'm not sure what that means. What is political correctness? Okay, I, as the way I understand political correctness, it's basically not not having your own thoughts, not saying what you feel uh, for fear of uh, upsetting somebody. It's basically the opposite of freedom of speech. I think political correctness is essentially a tyranny, and um, we can get into that too, because in England... Well, it's so vague. I mean... Well, uh, I can understand, you know, not saying racial slurs. That doesn't sound very, you know, uh, socially correct. I don't know about politically, but what cannot be said well, you it's, know, it's politically? A, it's about the ruling class that are ruling that nation or that state and their ideologies and what does or doesn't agree with their political agenda on whether or not they're going to get voted back in next time by you or me. Uh, so whatever the political correctness is, is usually what the political um, ideals are and uh, and not to, go, not to go against them. That's very much a uh, suppression of freedom of speech. Well, I know my... Donald Trump loves to talk about he can't stand political correctness, but he says horribly slanderous things. He says completely opposite things. He's always changing his mind. Well, you know, as far as far as uh, I remember, that's that nothing actually uh, stopping that from happening. America has a freedom of uh, expression uh, mandate in its uh, first <laughs> First Amendment, so there isn't actually anything wrong with that. I think the only thing that the United States actually uh, um, you think there's no, nothing against. wrong with him lying? Oh, lying! And changing you know, his mind all the time and insulting uh, huge amounts of people. That's very much. That's very much down to uh, the person who thinks that they have the truth and the person who feels they're being insulted. But what is very much frowned upon, or in fact prohibited, is actually physically harming someone. You can take your placard into the. Garberville Town Centre, for example, and you can start protesting whatever you want. That's freedom of speech. And as long as you're not hurting anybody, you can say what you want to. I, I think in well, terms Donald of... Trump is actually advocating beating people up. I heard him say it myself. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a lot of it on television. I saw a lot of the things that he said. And he said some pretty outrageous things and some very contradictory things. Um, the, the media uh, are amplifying... Uh, the things he says and ignoring similar things that Hillary Clinton uh, does. Uh, she's a big name caller, except she uh, is more politically correct in the way she does it. Uh, uh, and uh, she does it to promote uh, the possibility of war and uh, expansion of empire. I or, haven't heard her say anything that sounds like that. Uh, yeah, she is called I've heard, Putin. I've heard, uh, what? She called Putin a Hitler. Uh, she uh, said similar things about North Korea and China. Well, Putin it doesn't allow homosexuality in his country. I mean, that's that's pretty rigid. 
<laughs> you know, that's, that's pretty intense. Uh, but Trump, uh, you know, he talks about, uh, you know, not letting any Muslims in. Uh, he you said know, until they properly... don't let any white people in? Yeah. What about... Uh, white American terrorists. That the, are, uh, the Muslim reference was to being vetted before they come here. Like anybody entering the United States should be going through regular due like process. You sound like you like Donald Trump. Say again? You sound like you like Donald Trump. Yeah, I do like some of his policies, actually. I think, uh, I think from a free-thinking uh, uh, perspective of being in business and generating income for the least amount of money, I think he could do great things for this country in terms well, of saving us money. He says that he will, he's going to bring back all the jobs from overseas mm -hmm. and make all these companies uh, bring the jobs back to America. Doesn't that sound good? And yet good? he himself has companies in China. So isn't that a bit hypocritical? Well, maybe his will be the first to come back to the U.S. Well, how can he demand that other people bring bring their... I know. We can't digress too far here. Well, I'm just saying that the bottom line for a businessman is making a buck. And I don't think that he's going to bring back all his jobs from China so that he can pay people enormously larger wages. And make a lot less money for, you know, for his pocketbook. Well, we're actually talking about the discussion here in the world of politics of authoritarianism uh, versus the Constitution and the, uh, especially the uh, First Amendment, the freedom of speech and freedom of expression, etc., freedom, freedom to uh, congregate and uh, have free speech. So it's That's a little... That's what we're doing now. We're having a, free well, speech. Well, I think that he has the right to say whatever he wants, but I'm saying what he does say is very contradictory, you know what? very in inflammatory. You know, well, they you know all what? do. In a, in a free market, like anything else, in a free market... Uh, if you and I think the product's a good product, we're going to support it with our dollars. And so if he does get in, there will be more people supporting him for what he's portraying than whoever is the other opposition. So it's a free society where we have this free expression and we can say what we want, like just like you're saying about uh, Trump uh, having business in uh, overseas, and that's actually a hypocritical statement. I can't uh, validate what you're saying because I don't see the ev evidence in front of me, but um, I guess we can all take a look. But it's basically the free speech that allows all of the voices to be heard, and then everybody can make a joint but, but, agreement. But because we do have freedom, you know, uh, uh, businessmen have freedom to uh, go overseas and have other people make their products much more I think a lot of it actually countries. is that these businesses he have been forced out of the, that they most of these businesses here. have been forced out of the United States by the current political uh, strategies basically if you look at the real reason why all these corporations are moving overseas is because the climate in this country has been made so bad for them because there's so many inside deals going on that are being making money for these corporations that that is the real problem it's not that they won't pay them enough or they think it's just better I think you look if you look at the real facts of it well, I think they feel it's better if you can pay somebody 35 cents a day than a hundred dollars a day oh well, you don't have to pay somebody a hundred that's a kind of uh, exaggeration but and they paying someone 30 cents in a sweatshop in China is definitely not moral. Uh, I, I totally agree with that. I think what's more uh, appropriate is that Americans here have work. They feel good about themselves contributing to the uh, economy, contributing to their society, being an asset to their country being in the asset column of america is what it should be all about and however jobs are brought back here to give people dignity and to give people something to do but that's a fantasy there's there's no way uh, to no, i don't think do i don't that. think it's a fantasy at all i think that's what we've been sold out and i think that's what our politicians have sold us out on and that's why the jobs have gone to but china even the jobs that we have here they won't even let minimum wage be a living wage 
Yeah. And that goes on right here in our country, not someplace in Malaysia or China. Things are worse for poor people here than they've ever been. Yeah, and they've gotten worse. And they've gotten worse, yeah, in, in the last, in the last 50 years. Couple... Because of the big uh, companies and billionaires and business people and corporations, right. corporations don't right. pay any taxes. Yeah, Even well, Donald Trump says he'd rather we're... pay as little taxes yeah, as Yeah, well, we're not, opposed, we're not opposed to that. That's not what we're saying. But I, I think the uh, scope of what you're talking about is probably going to take us too far down the down the road and not allow other callers well, in. Well, I'll so. let other callers speak then. Thank <laughs> okay. All right. Some of, the, some of those points were um, sounding like a support for uh, Bernie Sanders, which uh, I, I think his uh, domestic policies are are very traditional and, and actually uh, conservative in one sense of of the concept, uh, conserving the standard of living, uh, quality of life of working people, and so on. Okay, I think we have one or two more callers uh, on the air. Do we have? Yeah, let's take this next caller. Caller, where are you from, and what's your question? Hi, I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area. Okay, hi. What's your question? I have a couple of health-related questions for Dr. Pete because I've been experiencing really incredible results with my thyroid medication. Okay, um, good. Quick background, I'm a client of Dr. Murray's. Hi, Dr. Murray. Hi. And he prescribed thyroid medication to me recently, so I've been on it for one week so far. And my two questions um, are regarding some incredible results that I've experienced over this past week. So the first one is specifically about my lips. I've noticed my lips are getting bigger. Shockingly, my skin cells on my upper lip, um, they're turning into lip skin cells, the easiest way to put it. The color in these areas are turning pink, and the pores in these areas are shrinking to where you can't even see them, and it looks like smooth lips. The color hasn't fully gotten in there all the way, but I can tell that the skin is completely changing. And so my question is, Dr. Pete, um, how is that physiologically? happening i'm just blown away um the um circulation uh, increases as the metabolic rate is increased uh, under the influence of thyroid uh, cells start producing uh, carbon dioxide which opens up blood vessels and it also accelerates the uh, all of the normalizing uh, processes uh, creating uh, replacement cells, for example, rather than uh, scar tissue. Uh, with aging, there's a tendency to fill in with fibrotic, uh, uh, simply uh, uh, useless uh, scar-like connective tissue in between where uh, replacement stem cells haven't been able to, to develop. And uh, a good supply of energy and oxygen uh, can renew tissues. Uh, uh, my own experience when, when I was experimenting uh, with, uh, among other things, uh, DHEA and progesterone, but uh, also thyroid, I, I found that uh, in my 40s, I grew more than an inch uh, while losing yeah. some belly fat, uh, staying the same weight, but my muscles developed as the fat disappeared. And even at that age, my bones were elongating. Um, so the uh, uh, repair and regeneration and anti-aging effects of thyroid uh, used to be uh, uh, talked about in the 1920s and 30s, but uh, since the, the 
pharmaceutical industry uh, started suppressing the idea of of treating hypothyroidism uh, with thyroid supplements. Since then, uh, attention has been strongly directed away from those restorative effects of thyroid. Wow, that is so neat. And, and my, my last question is, I've noticed that the, the very noticeable green veins in my legs, lower legs and upper legs, it's embarrassing that you can see them. I'm in my, my late 20s, but um, they're becoming less apparent as if they're going deeper into my legs. And so I'm wondering what is physiologically happening to the, you know, that's causing that? Um, many things, but um, high estrogen uh, tends to be the uh, both both high cortisol and high estrogen make up for the uh, metabolic deficiency in hypothyroidism, and uh, there are several uh, skin blood vessel uh, things that you see with high estrogen and high cortisol, uh, little uh, red dots of uh, uh, broken capillaries or. Uh, just nests of overdeveloped uh, capillaries and small arterioles are producing uh, red spots of different sizes and shapes. And sometimes the uh, the big uh, bluish things called uh, vascular spiders uh, and then uh, varicose veins at a, a very low energy state. Uh, uh, estrogen uh, tends to uh, weaken the basic muscle tone in uh, the veins uh, and uh, progesterone and, and thyroid restore the muscle tone so that uh, the, the valves are on the walls of the big veins and if the vein relaxes the valves uh, don't work as valves because the, the flaps can't reach each other and so if you just uh, contract veins under the influence of progesterone and thyroid, the valve will begin working and restore the function of the vein. Then the, the tissues are better oxygenated, so the, uh, the hormones, uh, vascular endothelial growth factor, for example, VEGF, is produced under the influence of, of high estrogen and uh, stress and inflammatory mediators, and it tends to uh, be a very much lower under the influence of thyroid, so you uh, you don't need uh, those extra abnormal blood vessels when your thyroid is functioning well. But uh, when you are taking a certain dose of thyroid, the thyroxin accumulates in your tissues with a half-life of two weeks, so you have to watch. Uh, people will usually feel uh, great as they increase their dose some point in the first week or two, but uh, if, if you're taking more than you need, you will reach a point where you uh, find that you're taking more more than enough. Uh, you'll get out of breath and your heart will pound or something. Uh, but then when it uh, accumulates and levels off, then your body uh, goes through further adjustments. So you have to keep watching over a period of, of a few months and then you have to watch for seasonal effects because you don't need as much thyroid in the summer as you do in the winter. Well, it's interesting. That makes sense that Dr. Murray just recently asked me to submit more readings, so I just did that. But, well, thank you so much, Dr. Pete, and, you know, I just want you to know you've absolutely changed my life, and you're, 
you're my hero. I mean, it's incredible what I'm experiencing. And thank you for being brave enough to share your research and what you found with the world. Thank you for your call. Okay, I think we have another caller on there. Let's uh, see this next caller. Uh, caller, where are you from? Okay, do we have that caller on the air? Yeah, caller, you're on the air. Go ahead. Maybe not. <laughs> okay. Nope. Okay. Well, the number, if you live in the area, is 923-3911. It's a 707 area code. If you're outside the area, you want an 800 number, 800-568-3723. Dr. Raymond Peach joining us. Uh, we're obviously taking questions about alternative medicine, um, but also uh, opened up the forum here for a sort of pseudo-political debate based on authoritarianism. Uh, Dr. P, I wanted to just go back to what it was uh, you had mentioned off the uh, off the cuff here about Mussolini, and um, that I was looking today, and I haven't spoken to you all day, and I definitely haven't uh, arranged this. But um, in 1933, when Hitler was Chancellor of Germany, uh, I saw that he was actually. If you type in uh, fascism, I think you come up with two names that come up more than anything else: is Mussolini and Hitler, and um, Ultimately, Hitler, um, in, uh, I think it was February, February 28th, 1933, uh, whether it was done by the fa fascists or whether it was done by the communists, they stated it was a communist, uh, a communist uh, crime, that the Reichstag's building, which was basically the Houses of Parliament type uh, comparable in Germany, was burnt down. Well, the very next day, um, this edict was announced that basically prevented any political uprising it was ultimately um, exactly the same thing that's been banded about here in America if we get any big terrorist attack that the president will announce a state of emergency, a suspension of the constitution uh, and basically be able to do anything he wants uh, which is pretty scary for, no matter who it is, I'm, I'm not really taking sides here, there's things I like about Trump there's things I don't like about Trump there's things I definitely don't like about Hillary and there's things I don't like about the Bushes and if it's for me, I'm a libertarian more than anything, but Getting back to uh, suspending the Constitution and what happened in Germany in 1933, uh, that ultimately gave Hitler the power to come, well, the death, of course, of uh, um, Heidelberg, who was the, uh, uh, the the VP then, or the president at that point in time. His death ultimately allowed Hitler to succeed uh, and led uh, through various, within that year, in 1933, Jews were basically persecuted, uh, book burning was going on, the, the rise of Nazism was just going rampant because they suppressed the ability of anybody else to argue against it. And that was the most important thing that caught my attention, was that freedom of speech is very, very important, and that's why our First Amendment is so, so important to us, and we have to protect it with our lives if necessary, because founding fathers weren't stupid people. They'd escaped the country that I was born in, that I've seen going down the toilet in the last 15 years since I've been here. And things that are happening in England now you would not believe. And I'm not anti uh, anti, uh, you know, I'm not racist. Um, I think freedom of religion's just fine, you know. But I think when you come to America, you're supposed to integrate with America. And when I came here, you know, I take on American, I <laughs> drive on the side of the road, the Americans drive on. I, you know, kind of follow the laws of the land and, you know, obey what's, what's, you know, the law of the land, what everybody else does. And so fitting, fitting in is the most important thing. And it's great, you know, people from all over the world want to come to America and come here because of the values and, you know, the history and everything else. And they feel like they have a chance to succeed. So you do that and you come here and you assimilate. But, uh, 
basically in 33 when Hitler took over uh, the freedom of expression was completely expunged and you were not allowed to argue it and that from 33 to 39 led to the second world war with the invasion of Poland so Talking about fascism, you know, it's basically the former government then, which the, the country is considered more important than anyone uh, or any one person. And so that very much brings its uh, a, a leading to totalitarianism and authoritarianism, which doesn't allow you or I the freedom of expression to argue against it. So, Dr. Pete, uh, do you have anything else to say about fascism? And I know we've got lots of other different political uh, terms like socialism, like liberalism, conservatism. They all have different uh, different uh, ideals and tenets. But in terms of uh, fascism for what it is as an authoritarian, uh, dictatorial uh, type uh, stance, uh, definitely not what we want to be under. Um, uh, the, uh, you were mentioning the um, import of... Uh the um, German uh, scientists after the war, mm-hmm. Project Paperclip, and uh, okay. a similar thing happened with the uh, failure of the Hungarian uprising in, in 1956. And these fascists, uh, these physicists who were imported, uh, had a, a, a very uh, great inclination towards uh, Nazism and, and fascism uh, because uh, uh, John Foster and Alan Dulles uh, were uh, working closely with, with uh, uh, Prescott Bush, the father of George Herbert Walker Bush, in uh, supporting uh, Hitler in the 1920s and 30s. Uh, and uh, uh, the, the Dulleses not only uh, wanted to bring in uh, all of the uh, 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 the uh, the scientists who uh, they needed, uh, for example, further rocket science and, and weapons development and such, uh, but they imported or continued their support for the uh, the role that Hitler had played in the world. A recent book by an Australian history professor uh, has followed. Uh, the role of the Dulles brothers in uh, world history, uh, right? The, the effects continue right down to the present, but uh, this, this recent book uh, shows how uh, the Dulleses and uh, European uh, fascists' involvement in Indonesia uh, was a very important factor in uh, Kennedy's assassination, mm-hmm. because Kennedy was uh, within... Uh, just a few weeks of uh, uh, changing policy in Indonesia, uh, which would have uh, uh, ruined uh, some of the investments that the, the Dulleses were involved in. And uh, 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 George um, uh, DeMore, DeMoran Schilt, I think his name was, uh, the guy who was uh, closely connected to Lee Harvey Oswald, who was one of Dulleses' uh, uh, associates way back in the uh, 1940s period. Okay, well, we've just got another caller that's just come in, so let's take this next caller call away from. And what's your question? Um, I'm local, and uh, my question, I, I really wanted to just add a fragment of information. Um, during the uh, late 40s, when, uh, you know, the doctor was talking about them um, importing 
um, through various means, um, German scientists. We got the Galen Group, which was uh, upper echelon SS, um, created false identities for them. Sure. And that was the work of uh, Wild Bill Donovan, um, who was the director of the Secret Service. Mm-hmm. But at that same time, 46, 47, they also created the CIA. Right. They were fascinated by the incredibly cold and calculated methodology of the genocide that they were creating, mm-hmm. and the, the the development of the weapons and things, uh, they didn't understand and wanted that information to be able to create, you know, of course, um, the uh, uh, intelligence, if you want to call it that, um, you know, forces that we have out there today, you know. So uh, they created false identities, and we got people that created the gas chamber, mm-hmm. and these people were considered assets. Mm-hmm. You see? So yep. it's, it's just an ongoing thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen. I appreciate your call, but we have uh, only five minutes, so let me just wrap up here with, with uh, Dr. Pete and uh, thank everyone that's called in. Uh, Dr. Pete, thank you so much uh, for your time. I do appreciate you joining us. And um, was yeah. there anything else you wanted to add to the show, oh, Dr. Uh, Pete, before we finish? Because it, it's, well, it's five minutes, so we do have a little bit of time. The doctrine of eugenics actually uh, went from the United States and England to Germany, and uh, Hitler, Hitler um, put it into practice, but it, it never left American biology. Uh, the um, uh, Institute for um, uh, Social... He was used to implement it, basically, for the Americans. Um, yeah, the, the um, Americans yeah. have continued citing uh, the work which was done scientifically to justify uh, killing... Uh, Jews and Slavs and uh, black people mm-hmm. and uh, uh, anyone that, that Hitler uh, considered uh, politically in, in, uh, inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, these these uh, pseudo-scientific studies uh, uh, were uh, essentially designed by Conrad Lorenz, who got a Nobel Prize, and uh, our American geneticists have uh, sort of worshipped uh, these ideas of genetic determinism, including determinism even of political uh, belief. Okay, well, let, let's leave it with that. And I'll wow, give... that's all I can say is wow. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for your time, Dr. Pete. Okay, thanks. Okay, so for those people who've tuned in, Dr. Raymond Pete, uh, Ray Pete. Dot com. Uh, his website's full of articles. Uh, they are all about pretty much physiological, uh, physiological health articles. Hey, he's not a particularly p- political person, uh, but I know he's got a background in academia that has certainly seen him come up against some professors who were very dogmatic in their belief and not able to see new ideas uh, just called too radical. But we're seeing all of that come to pass now and 30, 40 years later. Um, we're seeing the main importance here of saturated fats, as Dr. Pete's gone on for a long time about. Uh, we're seeing the importance of sugar. Uh, we're seeing the necessity of salt. All of these things have uh, been previously plagued and dogmatized uh, and um, even banned in some places. But I see these things coming around. So, Yeah, recently at a coffee shop, I was told that I might be charged extra if I wanted to put uh, that many packets of sugar in my cup of coffee. Anyway, so it is coming, folks. Anyway, Beware, so you will be charged extra for sugar. For those of you, for those of you who are still listening, the main point of all of this, I think, is that I really wanted just to bring out this part of our constitution here, okay? That really encapsulates all of it. And 
you know we're all very flawed human beings you know we have emotions some people lose their temper easily some people are very calm some people are honest some are dishonest etc you know we're a, a mixed bag of tricks but the uh, part of the constitution that uh, resonates with me most is the uh, the concept here of uh, this self-evident truth you know that Martin Luther King talked about in his famous speech liberation uh, before he was uh, assassinated uh, that the part of the constitution that mentions that all men are created equal that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life liberty and the pursuit of happiness that to secure these rights governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed so uh, we live in a constitution and the main thing is we've got to be fair we've got to be uh, you know we've got to be open to ideas discussions we have to talk about it we don't want authoritarianism it's good to have free speech don't let your first amendment rights get suppressed don't let the government get tyrannical uh, this is a free speech radio station and so thank you for this station and uh, thank you for those listening yeah thank you for listening good night good night